Oh, wait, are you talking about the synth that in the background is like? No, it's like an airy kind of fluttering, like, kind of like that. I guess I get stuck in the kind of mindset of like, I, I my my life, my world is pretty contained. Like, there's just like there aren't infinite possibilities, which there aren't. But like, I don't know. It's kind of cool to think that in our lifetime we're gonna see things we never imagined some of them may be you know pretty pretty dark i didn't imagine we'd be living through a pandemic for instance but uh, uh yeah that just and then you just kind of ex- you just kind of extend that to yourself you're like okay well if the world has all these possibilities maybe i have all these possibilities and, um maybe life is not just like a, a meaningless box you know so um so what do you think well, I, I always find with your music that, like, especially the stuff you've been sending lately, that it's it's difficult to talk about succinctly. There are so many different stages to the piece. Like, I feel like if I think about it visually, it's like, oh, I've I've just jumped through seven, eight, nine locations, like in the last whatever ten, fifteen minutes. There are pretty dramatic shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I found with this piece is that, like, just one thought that came up as I finished was, like, that you just, you never quite release the tension. Like, there, it does, it does, uh, the intensity isn't uniform throughout, but, uh, there's always this kind of underlying tension. Um, and just emotionally, I felt kind of like something is very wrong, um, in the world or with me or something. That's the kind of, that's kind of impact it had on me listening but i thought it was really cool like especially like i just you know just before jumping on i listened again to the first like few minutes and like when those drums kick in and it's cool it's like i don't know i'm into it i wanted i wanted you to do this one because i think you were the first i think it was i think i shared the first episode with you before anyone else if not you and uh and my bandmates yeah um, but you were talking about that one being very tense and like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And after finishing this episode or getting like an early draft done, I was like, Ooh, I wonder why he's going to think about this. Yeah. This one, I didn't have as severe a reaction. I remember listening to that one and being just like frightened. This really? one, I w- wasn't as frightening. It was more, um, I just got like the, the, the kind of feeling that came to mind for me was like, sort of like we fucked up the planet or something and there's no turning back. Like there's just such a, a monumental feeling of failure and um, kind of like global fear. You feel like you have to, like you're, you're in danger or there's some kind of race against time or, um, but it definitely makes me feel like I'm, I'm not in, I'm not in like an ordinary world. I'm like in a different era, different landscape. Uh, it feels very, yeah, very distant from from what's familiar. If music is ever really on the nose, it drives me crazy, and that's the that's the one thing that I like that I can identify as like. Um, uh, a huge a major problem like that that actually kills it for me when when something is like 
this is really meaningful or this is really moving like be moved that has the opposite effect for me not kind of in the trenches i don't write music anymore and the stuff that i used to write was like very straightforward musically and that's one thing i can i can tell with you is like your the the breadth of like influence and the complexity of your stuff like um that kind of speaks to your um uh your awareness your your sort of level of commitment um with music Something I don't I, I don't have with music, maybe, maybe with other things a little bit, or maybe not, I don't know. Like the opening is, um, is very powerful and kind of like, like I was interested in the drum beat, like how, cause I, that feels like a really key force and like how you chose that or what like what that what that what the intention was with the drums for you one of the the unintentional kind of like fun elements of just making the show overall is um not thinking too much about what i've made beyond the hours that i put into the actual yeah like, initial creation like a lot of this stuff is for the sake of putting it out really quickly um in service of something else as opposed to like a full-on product right um and that drum beat was an acknowledgement that when i write songs like a structured song like the one that's featured in this one twice Mm -hmm. um i tend to pick only like standard times or a waltz Mm -hmm. i don't like anything that's five four and i think this episode had a lot of stuff that falls into or around five four time if not loosely then heavily Mm -hmm. um and that's something that i'm just not that quite quite strong at in terms of creator so that was like a creative exercise um so again that's the kind of music literacy that i feel like would be lost on it's definitely lost on me and would be lost on a lot of a lot of people well i think that like the unusual outside of say jazz or yeah so yeah like um five four seven eight six you know like 17 16 you know whatever like uh, time signatures that have like an extra beat or an extra eighth note right just naturally feel uneasy there's always something that like it's unless you're like a trained musician or like just somebody with very good sense of time or a dancer um hearing that extra note when you're expecting to go on to the one and then starting on the one is like it it can throw you off and it's a really great challenge so this was part of like how do i get better at this so i can sing and also sing and play guitar Hmm. over that at this point i'm still thinking about it too much as opposed to just going right in and knowing when the one is i like the way you talk about it you talk about it like you're and as a kind of it's like a as like a craftsman or something like not not in a sort of pretentious like these are my feelings this is my heart like no i've th- done that because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i like this like uh yeah it's like you're just you kind of uh you you've, you've got some some raw material and you know you're you're sort of 
beating it up and and reshaping it and like sort of seeing what sticks, seeing what feels interesting. Um, I think that's uh, that's cool. I'll be doing the same thing to the conversation. That's good. It's necessary. Sure, necessary. Like one of the things when I was starting this piece, and I think it's also tied to the you know the kind of shows that I listen to. Uh, when I was starting this, if I was going to talk about it, I was going to try to talk about it in as unemotional right terms as possible, um, or at least non. I'm kind of failing right now, but I, I didn't think that's want probably to... good. It probably could get grading after a while. There's too much of an individualistic response to it. <laughs> that's yeah. like, I did this because I was feeling this, and I I think I, uh, when I was doing like, you know, interviews for the EP mm-hmm. that I put out um, a couple years ago. Yeah, I was trying to be open about like where the influences came from. Like I had panic attacks, and, right. um, and they were awful, and they were piling up on top of each other, and there was a lot of economic and um emotional stress that mm-hmm. led to that and carried mm-hmm. on throughout and it was putting into the music was um interesting for me and right. i wanted to just say that and then let the music speak for itself you know like if you, if they were going to write they wanted you to say more than yeah i freaked out and i wrote this music here listen to it <laughs> i think it like it's that classic thing like it kind of it's like why a lot of filmmakers don't like to talk in too much detail about their work because it reduces it you know it reduces the the uh the 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 extent to which somebody can come up with their own interpretation or like and sort of feel like they're participating in it it's like you say it's about panic attacks and then suddenly this piece of music that maybe made somebody feel all these this like whole spectrum of things it's just the story is just like oh it's, it's like a panic attack and inspired inspired uh piece so yeah i think that whole thing like the whole kind of general approach of like there's room for this and it's not all about just one thing or it's not all about just me or maybe i think i know what it's about and i'm not even sure like you know the whole point is some kind of like some kind of conversation or connection Um, yeah like if you spend so long talking about your influence or what it meant to you you can kind of develop a sense of imposter syndrome yeah. Where like you've said the same thing so many times that uh if it starts to feel dishonest. I also feel like uh, uh not to not to make pretentious ridiculous statements about art no, in general, ahead. but I feel like I I generally feel like the best art is 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 not self-conscious really. Like there's an element of mystery or like mm-hmm. there's like there's some element that the creator can't quite put their finger on, but there it's like there's something driving them to keep working at it and they maybe they they think they understand it and they could probably explain it decently but they shouldn't they shouldn't i feel like they shouldn't be able to uh like neatly summarize the the entire scope of of what they're doing uh there's got to be some element that's just a bit out of reach um i find that anyway too whenever i've done something that i'm like interested in it's like, I don't know if I fully understand why I'm doing it, what exactly it's about. I have an idea, but there's got to be that space. This is this is so Blade Runner, the synth here at like 
7, 7.15. I like when the bass goes down. It makes me think of the opening of that opening piece in Blade Runner. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Sorry. No, I was here. I'm laughing at myself. I'm laughing at myself. My lack of music literacy. <laughs> Sounds like the the dying last breaths of like a computer or something. And then this very interesting kind of delicate riff coming in. I mean the guitar line that's coming in? Yeah, the guitar line, yeah. It's a very different feeling from what preceded it. And then that's now gone, but it's like there's a remaining single note that lingers. It's like a kind of drone, like a sort of feeling of finality. I like that effect on your voice. Was it the, um, like that sort of speaker? It's just like a rising, like, I don't think you're actually saying any words, but. Oh, yeah. It cuts the music, the end, the song ends on that, like, just before you get to the the tip of that. That was, that actually took a lot of work to figure out the exact spot I wanted that to end. Oh, yeah? I like it. I like where it ends. Big Red Sky obviously makes me think of, like, a climate apocalypse or something. Maybe too literal, but. (laughs) <laughs> I assume you didn't just start this with like climate change is bad. I'm going to write a song about it. Um, but was it, did, were there other, like I got other hints of like human indulgence and excess and, and the end of the world. Like it do, you do, you do get to that kind of monumental apocalypse feeling in, in certain sections of this. I know that's maybe that's just me. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pretend like it's not part of it. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like the world like ending. The, I'm not going to pretend like the obvious things that you've picked up on were now planned. But, uh, <laughs> I, I go um, for the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. The easy stuff. Sounds scary and like the end of things. One of the qualities that kind of, you know, like allows allows you for like to kind of bring that out. I'm going to cut that little ramble. <laughs> no, keep uh, it in. It's great. Yeah, I know. It's real. Uh, it's the real shit. Yeah. The real hard hitting rambly <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, I one of the things that I, I tend to, I found myself doing with lyrics, especially in the last few years, um, was to stop trying to write uh, based on a single thought or theme, yeah. um, because it just started to sound really forced. Sure. And I found that. Um, like a lot of what I had wasn't very interesting to say. <laughs> when I, I would wouldn't say that. I at, wouldn't say that. That I think that ties into like the sort of imposter syndrome of like talking about why you're writing. I but, feel like, uh, but I feel like music is not the place for like. It's not the place for like a, you know su- a super nuanced like essay on you know on uh, you know on uh, socio political commentary or whatever. Like I feel like it, th- there that does exist. And there are there are certain certainly musicians that you could kind of categorize that way, but like, I feel like music is like it's at its core it's like a visceral medium, mm. right? I don't know. Like, uh, there are of course brilliant lyricists, and like I don't know who are the top ones you reference, like Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan or something. You say those are they're, they're poets. Like, it's not just about the music. Yeah, like John Prine, like captures like a, a great story and sense of character. Yeah, yeah. In the songs they wrote. That's definitely a a, a type like that's definitely a category of music but yeah i'd say m- 
like the vast majority is like it's a visceral kind of experience and there's you know like there's there's plenty of avenues you can take rock or rock adjacent music whether it's about getting laid and getting drunk um and just partying like crazy or brings me back to my my blink days my, my blink obsessive days well, like Blink One Eight Two songs are generally about a lack of getting laid, whereas like, <laughs> That's Poison. True. Is... That's true, but they like they do aspire to getting laid and to partying and to being cool. Yeah, no, the um... take off your pants and jacket continues to be one of the greatest album titles. Anyway, yeah, I remember buying that from Walmart <laughs> when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, very appealing when you're in sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, no, um. And it's funny you brought Blink-182, um, just because uh, I was trying to... Because they're the today. biggest influence on your, your music. They were, the, they were the first band I saw live. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, the, uh, Bad Religion opened for them, and for a while I was like, yeah, my first concert was Bad Religion, and it was technically right. I just reframed it Dope. because I wanted to sound like I was more excited to see them than I was Blink-182. Yeah. <laughs> but... No, no, I was more, I was, I was excited, but I Own was it. definitely more excited for the fart jokes. Um, no shame, no shame. No shame. Like they have that song, I was trying to show this to, uh, to, to Emma and a few others, um, not too long ago. They have that song Dick Lips off of, off I don't know of if I Rich. remember that one. It's a proto arcade fire song. Oh, really? It's got that really fast strummed acoustic guitar that's just playing power chords. Yeah. Um, and a really, really fast drum beat, like very straight punk drum beat going underneath right. it. Um, and that sort of like epic release. It sounds very silly, but it's very much like like early arcade fire wind butler kind of shit. Hmm. Singing about essentially a, a lack of a lack of control or a lack of self fulfillment. There's an, a kind of um, air of legitimacy to it. Yeah, and then it's, you know, the song's called Dick Lips. Right. <laughs> There's that. It's preceded by a song about being a peeping Tom. Is there a section of this song that you are most drawn to, that you're most proud of? I, I, um, I wanted, so this song we, this is the, th- there are about three versions of this song that we have now. We've got the the main one, which features early in the episode, um, which when I started making this 14 or 12 track album that led into this this project, um, that was the second song. It was after Remote. Um, we we did a version of it like a sort of uh, more electronic, more beat driven version for uh, for the demo fest project that came out last december Hmm. um that took out any guitar or any melodic or lyrical element sound like um the way that we worked on that ep uh kind of fed into the influence for this show this kind of uh this episode i think it started once i got bored and threw all of our demos into a single logic file all starting from zero and then just play them out into the end and hearing how songs stack on top of each other and like the little bits of song that peep in and out. Hmm. Um, and in this episode, the one that really stood out to me was at the very end having um, 
an experiment session where I'm just learning how to use the modular synths I've only gotten recently that I have real notes. There's, there's songs and recorded elements that go into an episode to try and simulate a kind of goal that I had for a live show. You know, yeah. like something that plays through constantly and then ends on a very particular note, whether it's the drum beat of remote um, settling over the synth in the, in the first episode or in this one, a very fast-moving synth that can sound very dreamlike or can sound very unnerving and that sort of choral cult-like Gregorian chant in the background and then tying it up and just imagining just that being as if it was a single concert but it's focused around that song did I answer that question at all or do you want me to start try that again I used to love Mr. Bungle do you know Mr. Bungle it's one of Mike Patton's projects I remember hearing I think you had a t-shirt of theirs. There's like, there's train tracks on my balls or something. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, it wasn't, there's train tracks on my balls. It was, um, there's a tractor in my balls. <laughs> yeah. Everyone commented on that. I, I wore that shirt until it like, until I looked ridiculous in it. Cause it just was full of holes and stuff. But it, they had this song called desert search for techno Allah and it does make me think, uh, like when I was for when I first heard the drums kick in, and like there's like a feeling of desolation, and like I, I just I just like had this image of a desert, probably just in reference to that that, that Mr. Bungle song. There's movement towards like uh, like the home. What's the the home key or the home? Like there's like movement within just sort of basic um, uh, like music structure. But then there's like there's a sense of movement as the listener, like for, for certain sort of driving pieces. Right. So you're you're not talking necessarily about movement towards resolution, like. No. Well, there doesn't seem to be any resolution in this song. That was the other thing I was uh, that I felt like it's just like constant tension. It's like different 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 levels of tension throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Did you um, find that that was different from the previous episode? Or like, because I know that you said you found the other one to be scarier, but did you find there were like moments of relief? Yeah, that one seemed to have more rise and fall. There's one. Well, there's actually there's one section to this song. I guess I'm probably I'm I'm just not uh, considering the section that's like I forget where it starts. It's like it's pretty slowed down, and it's mostly drums, and then just like kind of like a single note, like suspended feeling. Oh, is that? Uh... So there's one there's one piece that's in there other than the main song. Uh, there's another piece that's in there twice at different speeds. Um, and it's actually, it starts the song, or the episode. It's the first, following that intro, um, that sort of metallic intro, it builds into a drum beat with synth, a leading synth over it. I think it's later on. I think it's like near the shakers, like near around 11 minutes in. So that's actually that those are actually the same piece. At, oh, that's uh, the same piece. Okay. At different. Yeah, one's about twice the the Oh, interesting. This, yeah, this I, it's hard it's I don't pick up on that stuff. Like they sound completely different to me. That's um, what I was kind of hoping for that. I think the sense of movement was like kind of a fear of does it start to get too boring and that kind of relates to like playing shows and listening right. back to like recordings of rehearsals and shows 
when you start to do that slow song that you've like really worked on to try to nail like an emotional moment doing this at this point a to kind of give like a break in tension and also you know like to sound really like you know whiny about it like it means a lot to me like this yeah, is no, important no. and I want to play it. And then that's the one that in the recording you can hear most of the talking over. Right. And I, I think it'll, I think that that's kind of a challenge to it. Um, is not, is trying not to have too long or too much of a break for talking or a break for tuning or whatever you would normally see if you went to see your friend's band play live. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how the hell you're going to edit this, though. Like, you're going to listen to back, back to all this shit? There's, like, two hours now. Oh, uh, I'm used to, like, skipping ahead and be like, I can kind of remember that conversation. It's <laughs> okay. kind of interesting. This will be, like, a five-minute, like, add-on at the end. Just like, hey, man, what do you think? Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it's like, that's cool. 